Designer, episode 158. My name is Jake Van Ness from Graphic Precision, and I'm here with my co-host, Carl Kravakis from Holy Carp Design. How are you doing, Carl? It's been a pretty busy week. Um, life is good, though. How about you? Good. Awesome. Yeah, it's been busy here, too. I think I keep saying it's crazy how fast these go, but it uh, seems like we're doing weekly is getting some good response. So thank you for the people that have been reaching out to us and the people that are listening. We really appreciate it. Yes, so absolutely. So we're going to dive right into it because we both got busy schedules. So why don't we dive right into design news? So what do you got this week? Well, I think that the people have spoken and Adobe is hearing us. Um, they have announced that Adobe Muse will continue to have technical support for all Creative Cloud customers, not just for 15 months, but now 24 months. So we will have Muse through March 26, 2020. Now... I- that's hilarious i just think that's why hey i'm glad my my clients that i have on muse will still be able to have a viable site until then and then after that point we should probably be redesigning it anyway yeah that's true i'm just surprised that i mean it's not like they're gonna pick up anybody new using the software because unless they don't know that it's getting discontinued and you would hope that when they download it, there's some type of indication that, hey, this is no longer going to be available. But I just thought it was funny that they decided to extend that. But it is good to see that Adobe is listening to the users of its products and that doing something that was asked for. So it's good that a big corporation is paying attention to its users. Just keep Flash dead. We don't need Flash. <laughs> I, I don't think that's going to be a problem. I can't see them ever wanting to bring that back. All right, so my design news this week is kind of interesting. I I was just browsing around, looking at stuff, and I was on a site called D-Z-E-N, D-E-Z-E-E-N, and they actually have an article about a really cool new typeface series. It was done by two French graphic designers, Julian Sens and Nicolas Damiens, And what they did is they transformed the handwriting of musicians David Bowie, John Lennon, Kurt Cobain, Leonard Cohen, and Serge Gainsbourg into free-to-use typefaces. They basically took letters and stuff that these guys had written, and they pulled out each letter, turned it into a font and a typeface, and made it a series. But on top of that, they made it free-to-use. So it's really, really cool. It's just, it's a neat thing that I could see people designing like stuff for music concerts or for stuff like that, that, or even like album covers or really cool things like that to be able to use the handwriting of some famous musician. It's just a really, really cool thing. Um, The best part is they only took a month to do it. They created the five typefaces in a month. Did they include the signatures so I can write some checks? (laughs) That I, you know, (laughs) I'm sure they have that somewhere. Um, So it's basically called songwriters fonts. And what I will do is I'll actually link to this in the show notes so you guys can check it out. It's pretty impressive. And uh, I also check out uh, DZine. It's pretty cool site. It's all different types of design news, design stuff going on. And it, I just thought it was a really interesting thing, and the fact that they took the time to 
pull letters apart and actually find the letter typefaces. It was pretty neat. So I think that covers our design news for today. Why don't we jump right into what today's topic is? Today's topic is friends who are clients and clients who are friends. So why don't we get started? Well, Jake, before we get started, um, you know, time is really short. So I was wondering if you could help me out. I've got my B&I presentation coming up and um, I've got so much work to do. And I was wondering if you could just do my deck for me. Um, I know you're busy. You've got these newspaper articles that you do or the layouts and you know you got magazines and all that but i just need someone to pull together my my presentation i've already done a storyboard i know you you're busy but not as busy as i am could you just pull this together for me well i'll be honest with you it, it it's not really something i'm comfortable doing it really isn't going to fit into my schedule and it doesn't sound to me like you're looking to pay me to do this. You're just looking for me to do you a favor. Now, mm -hmm. I appreciate the fact that we're friends, but realize that I have a business to run as well and I need to make money with my business. So if I'm taking time away from my clients to do this for you, it's not really fair to my clients. You know, I appreciate that. And you know, I'll buy you lunch next time we go out, but, um, it should only take you about 20 minutes. That's what it takes me usually. I'm, I'm working on this pitch that could really become a big project for both of us. You know, when I win, you win, right? Right? Anyway, uh, if you could help me with this, that'd be awesome. Otherwise, um, what am I going to do? Well, I, I think, to be honest with you, maybe you should have thought about this before a couple days before you're supposed to present I mean, I, I know that B&I can sometimes be in the back of your mind and you kind of forget about it. But again, you know, to be honest with you, I kind of feel like you're taking advantage of me. I, I'm not really comfortable with that. I, I have a business to run and I need to put my foot down and say, sorry, man, I, I hate to do anything to our friendship, but realize that I, I run a business too and I got to take care of my clients. All right. I think we can call scene there and just say, you know, I launched right into uh, an idea I had where we do a little bit of role play about one of those things where clients don't or not friends or clients don't really appreciate the amount of time that we put into the work that we do. And they don't they want something fast. They want it good and they want something like immediately and done cheap. I, I actually had one client um mention to another printer hey can you do this because i don't really want to bother carl with it and anyway um yeah anyway how do you it's, how do you feel about that it, it's tough because that first of all your friend really should never put you in that situation and and while i didn't say it but another thought that came to mind is you really could turn it around on them and say, okay, say it's a lawyer. You say, hey, buddy, you know, last time I came to you and we worked on my LLC, you didn't do that for me for free and you didn't turn that around in 24 hours and you didn't, you didn't see me take advantage of you. And it's tough to use that statement that you're taking advantage of me, but you really got to put your foot down. You got to make people realize that I'm a business 
I need to make money. I have clients. If you're a client of mine and you're on my schedule, yeah, we could work something out. But the problem is that you're coming to me because you got yourself in a pickle. Why should I have to get you out of that? So you really do have to sometimes push back pretty hard. And if your friend balks and they get all upset and they get angry, maybe you ought to rethink that friendship. And I hate to say that, but if somebody's willing to take advantage of you that way, it's not really somebody you want to be around. Yeah, that's true. Um, there were some of the recent episodes of The Good Doctor on uh, on TV kind of show someone taking advantage of a friendship with the main character there. And it really illustrates that, you know, you could be just being used. Um, the whole other thing about time is time is our product. It's a, we, we're a service-based business and it does equal dollars. So I ask that anyone that's trying to work with a designer to respect the amount of time a project can take. If you have, um, need for a faster turnaround, communicate that with the designer and see if they can meet with your expectations. Absolutely. And there, there's a saying out there, and I, and I may push through this, but you you can't have fast, good, cheap. and cheap together. Like there's, and I'll, I'll have to find it for the next episode. There's a way to, to, there's actually a poster I've seen where it shows the, the three and you realize two. Okay. No, you no, realize, you get to pick two. Oh, that's right. That's right. You have to pick two. That's what it is. So, yeah, you have to pick two because you can't have all three. And I think the problem is that some people don't even care about picking two. They're just like, I don't care if it looks good. I just want it to be cheap. And I need it done like yesterday. And it's like, well, I'm sorry, but I don't put out bad product. You don't go to your your oil changing place and say – Except I realize there's Jiffy Lube and stuff like that, but they do it fast. But they're still using quality product. They're not They're not going to do it quickly, use crappy product, and get it to you right away. And you drive off the lot, and it just stops working. Like, that's just not how that works. So you don't want to do that with design either. Like, you don't want to throw something together that doesn't look good. And that's the other thing is you need to tell your friend, hey, it's a reflection of me. It's a reflection of you too. Like, if your deck looks horrible... That looks bad on you, but as the designer, I sure as heck don't want you turn around being like, "Yeah, that looked bad," but you know he did it. <laughs> so it's like it's you don't want that. See, it really comes down to putting your foot down, demanding the respect that you deserve, and knowing your value. I think that's where a lot of designers have trouble is they need to realize what their own value is. Speaking of value, um, I have this other idea that i'm gonna do and i'm actually launching a pizza place myself um now i've got this great little location and uh the rent is a little expensive but the opportunity is huge it's right on a main street the exposure is going to be awesome um but i really don't have much time nor do i have much money to throw at the logo i i do have some set aside so i was wondering if you could just pull together a quick logo you know the generic uh, pizza guy, you know, twirling a unique pizza or something, or maybe, maybe it's uh, just tomatoes and and cheese all piled together with the text below. Whatever the, I just 
I was wondering if you could help me out. I, I, I only have so much budget budgeted for this piece of the project because everything's going into that rent and the equipment. So, you what? know, I'm, I'm thinking like 200 bucks. Would that be good for a logo? You know, man, I really wish I could help you out with this. It's just not something that's going to fit into my time at this point. You might want to look somewhere else for somebody else to help you out. It's just not something I could help you with. But, you know, you're really good at this. I like your, your work. And, you know, 200 bucks. what's this going to take you? Maybe 10 minutes? I'll give you exposure on the main street. I'll give you all the pizza. You know, anytime you come in, uh, you can have all the pizza you want. Maybe the stuff that's been hanging out in the heating lamps. But um, honestly, I it's a win-win for both of us. I get my pizza place open. You get the exposure. You get a little bit of money for whatever time it takes you. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I'm looking for the friends and family discount here. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I don't have friends and family discount if my family comes to me and asks me to do a project like this, I charge them what I'm worth. The same way that you would charge somebody for the pizza that they buy what that pizza is worth. When it comes to exposure, I'm going to be completely honest with you. Exposure doesn't buy me anything. I can't buy your pizza with exposure. I can't buy the gas. I can't buy the other food I need. I can't pay my bills with exposure. And I realize that may come across kind of sarcastic, but it's true. Think about it. Exposure doesn't pay my bills. I need to work with clients who can pay me so that I can turn around and pay my bills and that I can afford my office and I can afford my software. I have a business to run as well. I'm, I think it's awesome that you're jumping into this business and I wish you the best of luck, but I just don't think I'm a good fit for this project. You know what? I think maybe you're right. The town has already been punting out my permits for the last five months, and it's probably going to go another six. So it's on me for not having all this stuff together already in a full proposal. Uh, thanks anyway. So, all right, pricing. Um, pricing is something every individual really needs to come up with for themselves. What works for you? What's your time worth? We're not going to talk pricing here, but we will say that the more you cheapen your work, the more animosity you're going to have towards the project and towards the people you're doing the work for. And I'd be very careful. Like, I know some designers will... And, and I thought about it for a second. I was going to do it and say, hey, you know, you could go somewhere like Fiverr. You could go somewhere like that and get your logo. But be the better friend. Don't send them places like that. Because we all know as designers that there could be problems with what they get back as a logo and that's not worth the money they're saving. You need to be the better friend there and say, this just isn't a good fit for me. There's other suggestions like you could say, okay, why don't you go talk to a college and see if there's someone who needs – and I and I hate the thought of this, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. You get a student who has a student project they need to do. As long as you're willing to give them that 200 bucks, that student might be really happy with that. They get a project that they have for school. You get a logo you need. Now, you still need to make it value versus value. You need to make it valuable to them, and they need to provide value to you. Don't 
take advantage of that student and say, okay, same thing you were trying to, we were talking about, like pizza and all that stuff. And no, like the student deserves to get paid as well, but if they're getting the added value of having it as part of a school project, that could make up the difference of what they were going to get paid. But just be the better friend and don't send them somewhere like Fiverr because they're going to get garbage in, garbage out. Right. So make them realize that that's being the better friend. Yeah. And uh, realize that if you are working with students, that their deadlines are going to have to be tied to deadlines that are within that class, too. So if you're working on a project, make sure you're working on a timeline that allows for a semester long involved approach. Um, I have seen uh, student project logos become real logos for bigger companies. Uh, One of my peers did one for a pickle business here in town because they just had an idea and they did this logo and it's it's been very prolific so um pricing you know have a base price line that you may use for smaller business and then scale it up based off the size of the business perhaps but don't do like friends and family discount maybe you joke about it but make that your actual base rate and then just scale it up based off the usage of the product the end product so the usage of the logo or the size of the company that you're working with on that um yeah and i think you you went into it before i had a chance to ask it one of the things i was going to ask is okay you say you have a budget but you're not telling me what that budget is because you'll get that game too i have a budget i have money set aside but they never tell you what that is don't be afraid to sit there and be like hey time out what is that budget and before you spend 25 minutes talking to this person to find out their budget is $200. Like you have every right to stop them and say, Hey, okay. You say you have money set aside. You say you have a budget. Tell me what that is. Don't beat around the bush. Let's, let's see if this is going to work. Cause they may come back and think that, Oh, I had $2,000 set aside for a logo and I, and they're not thinking that's enough, which you and I both know that never happens, but they may have an idea in their head of what they expect to pay. And then their budget is right in line with what you're willing to charge, and they don't realize that. So try to get that information from them early on so you're not sitting there having a rambling conversation only to find out that it's a $200 budget. Right, and they may also be budgeting much more money, say, for printing, whereas you may have connections to help save money there and toss it towards the other project and then still buy the printing and make profit there. So Yeah, um, yeah be inventive in how you're approaching pricing try and do do some inquiry with the customer before you kind of do the full pitch um all right so failing in the pizza business i've decided i'm going to become a a plumber and i'm going to name it donnie's plumber shop sounds great i mean don's a big name right now um so i'm thinking i need a logo for the side of my van and you know i've got I've got $5,000 set aside for this now to do the logo, the wrap and the, the marketing. So I, I pretty much know what I want, uh, Jake. So I'm, I'm, there's this character. Um, I think it's a Disney character, Donald duck. You're familiar. (laughs) Yes. Yes, I am. So I'm thinking, you know, we could get him in a little hat, have him hold a plunger, put him right on my, um, my van and people will identify the kids will love it. And we can use that to be my pr- my promo, right? I mean, we can just go and, you know, pull a picture and 
you know. I I could tell you who else will love it too, and that's Disney when they sue you for using their character. You have to understand that when somebody comes up with that property that is copyrighted, you are not allowed to just borrow that for your business. They will sue you and shut you down. Your business won't last. It's a small business. I'm planning only one van. It's just me. That doesn't make it right. It, it's it's copyrighted. Like You don't have a right to use that image without their permission. And I can almost guarantee you can write them all day long. They're not going to give you permission to put it on a plumber's van. But isn't it just parody? I mean, he's he's got a plunger. It's funny, right? Ha ha. It probably would be funny, but the problem is that again, Disney doesn't care. Disney, and and Disney, I'll be honest with you, is probably one of the first ones that would come after somebody. They're very well known for being very protective of their copyright properties, and so you do not want to get involved with that. Um, yes, you may think that it's just you, it's a small town, it's just one van. All it takes is the wrong person to see it. And I'll be honest with you, I want nothing to do with that. My business, for me, is much more important than taking that risk. So I'm going to tell you that I'm not interested in working on something like that, no matter how much money you offer me. Fair enough. So, uh, copyright infringement, um... This happens often. How many tradesmen vehicles do you see with the Tasmanian Devil or with Woody the Woodpecker or um, some other copyright um, character that they have obviously had someone else recreate the image? Um, you may have a client ask you to just pull the, the text off a competitor's site and just change a few words or just pull an image from the Internet because it's out there. It's got to be free, right? It's tough to make people understand that it's not. You have to find ways that you can explain it. But if you can't get them to understand, just like I did in that situation, you have to remove yourself from that situation. Just because everybody else is doing it and getting away with it doesn't make it okay. And just because you're in a small town and it's just you and it's just one van... It doesn't make it okay. And you have to have the business ethics and the morals as a business owner to say, no, I'm not comfortable doing that. But I will tell you that you'll get really mad when somebody rips off your logo. So don't do it to somebody else. Correct. And, you know, the thing is, it's oftentimes our friends and the clients that have become friends that kind of ask us to kind of step into these gray areas of spending extra time on a project for free or lowering the price or just doing the simple thing that is mostly harmless, right? Saying that in quotes. Um, the best way to respond, what do you think that is? Is it just to step back and offer them the reason? And if they don't respect that, just Say, I'm sorry, we're just friends. I can't do any work for you. How, how would you respond to these, these types of things? Yeah, I think a lot of it is setting your boundaries. or set, Basically, having your morals and ethics about how you run your business, what you will and what you won't do. 
then you need to stick to that. You need to realize that your business is you, that you have value, and you need to respect yourself. And if your friends don't respect what you do and they're asking you to do these kinds of things, then you need to stand your ground. You need to stand up and say, hey, I'm a business. I do not agree with doing that kind of stuff, and therefore I'm not going to work with you. You really have to be poignant about it, and you really have to put your foot down and be stern about it. You have to stand your ground. Don't let somebody push you around. No matter and, – and this is – I think it's funny. I think this happens a lot more for people when they're just starting out, and – Yes, we're all scrambling for those dollars to pay our bills, to keep ourselves afloat. But be very careful that you don't get yourself caught up in a situation that is going to make you look bad and hurt you down the road. It's not worth the little bit of money you're going to get to compromise how you run your business. I'm sorry, but you don't go to a dentist and say to them, do it for $10 because it only takes you 10 minutes to drill a hole in my tooth. I don't think I want to go to the dentist that's going to do that because if they're willing to make that compromise, then they probably made some compromises other places like what they learned in school to drill that hole. Same thing with plumbers. Same thing with contractors. You ask them to cut corners and then all of a sudden your sink blows up. What did you expect? Like you, you, you ask them to to cheap out on something, that that's a problem. But also realize that if the client slash friend is acting this way now, that's not going to change. They're going to continue to take advantage of you. They're going to continue to ask for these deals, continue to ask for these discounts. You, you can't grow a business that way. You can't run a business that way. So don't get caught up in that trap. And it really is a trap because you're you're stuck between this is a friend and this is my business. You really got to realize that your business has to come first sometimes in those situations. Now, that doesn't mean that if it's a nonprofit situation or something you're willing to donate, by all means do that, but make it clear to them that this is a special situation. And I'm doing this for this reason, whether it's someone sick or you're, you're doing something as a gift. or Make them realize that this is not the norm. The norm is I'm a business. I charge for this. This is how much. And, and even if you do it in a donation type of situation, tell them this is how much of a donation it is. Because that way they realize that you are a business and you are doing it as a donation. Just so know you can still do that. Just know you can't write off your time. You can only write off cash dollars. So it's good to know the number. It's good to give that to them. It's good information, but don't dare write that off on your taxes. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so do you have any other situations you want to put me through? <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought just kind of role-playing these, I, I gave you a brief synopsis of the three things um, just to kind of know what I was going to come at you with. But I also wanted to hear like some of the raw responses. And I would love to hear um, how other people might respond. I wouldn't mind doing a, a role-play coaching with people as well just to see how, you know, talk through a client experience. Not just these negative experiences, but perhaps the negotiation 
or the art of the sale or you know just making up hitch so i know that we've had some people ask to be guests on our show and it may become a segment that we do periodically if anyone would like some help perhaps you know just to do um a little bit of you know bouncing ideas i think we'd invite them on to kind of talk through some stuff that'd be a good segment yeah absolutely so if you're interested in that um, reach out to us. Our email is show, S-H-O-W, at rookiedesigner.com. That's probably the best way to do that. Um, or you could leave a comment on the Facebook post that we put up with the episode. But if you want something to be a little bit more private, definitely email us. Um, so I want to talk about the other side of, of the friends that are clients, clients that are friends thing. And we'll keep this really quick. Um a perfect example is I have a friend of mine who I've gotten to know that started out as a client. And some people frown on that, but I also feel – I personally feel like I work with my clients to develop relationships. That doesn't mean that they always turn into friendships, but they turn into very strong acquaintances. It's very rare that I will take the next step and say – build a friendship with somebody. And, and I happen to have done that recently. It's a, it's a friend of mine who is a contractor. I helped rebrand him. He and I, I would say are really good business colleagues because we're constantly talking about businesses because we both own our own business. We both work in a situation where it's a sole proprietor. So we have a lot of ideas and stuff. We bounce off each other. We started going to the gym in the morning together. And so it's kind of turned into more than a business-to-business relationship. It's turned into a friendship. So what I wanted to talk about really quick is how do you deal with that situation? And the way that I've dealt with it is I've made it very clear to him that business is business and friendship is friendship. So if we have a situation where he needs to come to me for business, that is a business meeting. We, We set it up in that environment we might talk business a little bit while we're at the gym or while we're out having a drink or something like that. But most of the time I try to structure it. So it's like, okay, come to my office at 10 o'clock tomorrow and we'll have a meeting about this business topic. By keeping that boundary, I think that helps keep the separation between friendship and business and helps make sure that he isn't trying to take advantage of things. The other thing is if I start to feel like that, address it immediately. Say, hey, I'm not comfortable with this. We're friends. Don't do this. Don't take advantage of me. So it's it's very much setting those boundaries. Have you run into any situations like that? Yes, but I've been a little too timid in addressing some of them. So uh, after our meetings every Tuesday, Epi and I, we always go out to breakfast and these guys are becoming friends, but there are times where um, clients are potential clients are also in the room, and discussions may become like political at some point or or whatever. And it's just not the right place to talk about that stuff because I, like I said before, I run my brand brand uh, politically agnostic. Um, so there are some conversations where I may just say to someone, uh, I'll, I'll try and put an end to that conversation in a public space as quickly as possible. Um, and, you know, they understand that that's me trying to be friendly with them, but also to help build the idea that our businesses are also our brands, our, 
ourselves you know um we we are our brand at some level so you got to lean on the friendship to say stuff like that to them but i there are times where things are said that i just kind of shut down and i should um because i don't feel like i know the person well enough to perhaps correct them or offer them the feedback and they may not be receptive to it at that moment um that is difficult yeah that is difficult um so it's it's a fine line i i do build i do base my business on a lot of relationships um a lot of my current work comes through uh the network of friends i've created working full-time for other companies um so those friendships are great i'm very grateful for and they've built my business um so i'm it is very much it's setting those boundaries early yes i think if you set those boundaries early then you're less likely to have problems but you and i both know like you said the political talk will come up or something a comment will be made or something will happen you might have to remove yourself from that situation whether that's literally saying, hey, you know, oh, I got a phone call, I got to go. Or, and, and I'm not a proponent of lying, but if you need to remove yourself from a situation like that, you very much have to. But hopefully, like you said, you could you could say something because you have that friendship and say, hey, man, this is not the, the place or time to talk about this. And hopefully they respect you enough to say, okay, I get it. I understand what's going on. But if they don't, then you have to remove yourself from that situation. Because I 100% agree with you. We are our brand, especially creatives. We are our brand. If we work for ourselves, we are it. Now, we may have employees, we may have interns, but we are the face of our business. And if we don't act according how we want our brand to be represented, then we can't expect people to see anything other than how we put ourselves out there. Right. So I think boundaries is a big, big key part of it. Yeah, agreed. So, real quick, we'll go into our rookie recommendations, and then we'll uh, get out of here. So, my recommendation this week is the print and online magazine, GDUSA. Um, We actually talked about them last week when we were talking about the U.S. Open logo. That's actually where I had read about that specific logo being rebranded. They are basically a graphic design magazine that is business to business and an information source for graphic design professionals. They cover news, the people in the industry, projects going on, trends, technology, products, and services. It's a free magazine that's basically run by the advertising in it. The advertising in it is kind of cool because a lot of it is um, print houses and stuff like that that are advertising. So you get some really cool ads. Um, comes out monthly. They also run some really cool uh, design competitions for in-house designers, web designers, package designers, uh, looks like healthcare design. And then myself, I have actually won several awards through their American Graphic Design Awards, which is a pretty cool competition. So I highly recommend you check them out. We'll have a link to them in the show notes. And what is your recommendation this week? Uh, uh, plus one on the GD USA. Um, my recommendation is, um, insurance coverage. I am after our meeting going to get some coverage through Aflac as a supplemental insurance. 
Um, it's something I recommend anyone that's got a business that if they don't, if they get hurt on the job, they may need to supplement their income. I'm not doing this as an affiliate market. I'm just recommending <laughs> looking into your local Aflac or supplemental insurance. Uh, also, make sure you get short-term and long-term if you don't already have that type of coverage. And life insurance if you have other people relying on your income. As a small business, when you grow and you find that you have a little extra money, it's worth looking into covering uh, your assets and those that rely on you. Absolutely. And, and I can give a perfect example real quick of someone not in the design space, but actually a, a contractor, MIBNI group, got the flu and was out sick for three weeks. And he was able to rely on that supplemental insurance just to cover the bills for those three weeks because he's a sole proprietor. It's just him. And when he's knocked off his feet and laying on the couch, he can't go do a bathroom renovation. He can't. And he said, I didn't want to be in people's houses either because I was extremely sick. That supplemental insurance allowed him to at least have some money coming in those three weeks to support his family, feed his kids, and keep the roof over his head. So I totally agree with you. It's definitely something you've got to keep in mind and look into, especially if you're a sole proprietor. It, it's really something to, to look into. So I know you need to run to that meeting. I need to get back to work. And I think that's where we're going to end today's show. And remember... Everyone's a rookie before you're an all-star.